Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses, verse 14. Verse 14. Okay. Um, man, welcome to Journey Church this morning. My name is JJ, and I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, we're so grateful that none of you blew away and that uh, y'all made it safe and sound and uh, and you look good and your smile is great and anybody expecting God to do something special today? I know I am. I'm really excited about about the about the word today. Here, here's help me. Uh, you know, preaching is really a two-person job. It's like I do it, but I need you to respond to me and let me know if what we're going to talk about today is going to resonate. So I'm going to read the verse. I'm going to tell you a little bit what we're talking about, and then you let me know if you need this message or not, because I know I need it. Uh, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're actually going to start at verse 11. It goes like this. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. And we are, are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Verse 13, if it looks like we're crazy, it's just in case you came to church for the first time and you're wondering why we're jumping and why we're shouting and why I scream a lot, and I scream a lot, so I'm not mad at you. just want you to know I just, I'm excited. That's why I scream, so don't be afraid. Um, if it looks like we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if it looks like we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, somebody say either way. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Crazy. Crazy. You crazy. You cra- Look at somebody tell me, you crazy. Here's how I need to know if this message is for you. Anybody ever struggle with... Uh, with the opinions or criticisms of other people. Raise your hand. Come on, anybody ever get just a dumb comment on the bottom of your Instagram post? You're like, why even put that? If you don't like the picture, keep scrolling. Why even, why even comment? You know, if you don't like my Halloween costume, then why you even comment? Just keep going. Just keep, I don't understand why you got to come. Anybody, anybody, uh, as much as you hate it, uh, would admit, man, I hate how much uh, other people's words have an effect on my life. Like, I wish I could just live independent of everything that they say, uh, the negative. Come, raise your hand if that's you this morning and you just want to know how to overcome that. Okay, I'm going to raise my hand. I'll raise two hands. Okay? As a pastor, I stand in front of hundreds of people every Sunday and I speak and I got to hope you like what I say. And then I got to, while I'm preparing, say, well, I don't even care if they like it because it's it's Jesus told me to say it. So I'm going to just say it. And and so this is for you as much as it is for me. The title of today's talk, and I want you to tell three people this, okay? It's call me crazy. Call me crazy. Tell three people. Tell them, call 
me crazy. Amen. And uh, make some noise for the worship team as they head down and you find your seat. Amen. You can sit. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Enjoy that comfortable seat. Call me crazy. You crazy. That's how, that's how my, my family, my family's from New York and uh, we get that a lot. Uh, you crazy. And um, man, thanks for coming out. I want to say again, uh, the hurricane was, you know, it came, it went. Thankful that every, most people we know are, are safe and secure. Thank you for taking your time on a Sunday morning uh, to be with us. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to find a reason or an excuse to not come to church. And, and um, even though the hurricane has passed, you could have easily used that as an opportunity to stay inside and sleep in on a Sunday morning, but you came, and I'm eternally grateful. So, uh, so hey, I want to read this a passage again, just the verse 13 and 14. Uh, if it seems like we're crazy, uh, it's to bring glory to God. Uh, sometimes when you open the Bible, and I'm going to just give you an okay pass, all right? Sometimes when you open the Bible, how many people have ever opened the Bible? You just open, because it's not like a regular book, right? You don't like start at the beginning. I've had friends that just give their lives to Christ. They try to read the Bible. They just start at the beginning. And it's like, that's not that kind of book. Like, you don't want to just do that, right? And so what we do sometimes is we just open it up and we just read. But how many people have ever just opened it up in the middle and just feel like you were stepping into somebody else's conversation? Like there was something going on there and you don't really know what and you feel bad because you think uh, maybe you don't know enough Bible and that's why you don't. And sometimes it's not really that you don't know enough Bible. That's not why. Uh, you're not getting it. A lot of times, it's just we just need the context of what's happening. It would be like going into the library with your eyes closed, picking out a book, opening up to the middle, and just start reading without looking at the title of the book or the title of the chapter or even the, the subheading or even knowing who the author was, right? It'd be hard to comprehend without context, okay? And so let me give you some context into this passage that'll help you understand it more. Um, Paul is speaking, and he's saying, uh, he's saying, hey, uh, uh, he's a church planner, just in case you didn't know. Paul is a church planner, and a church planner is somebody who starts churches in cities, and uh, he started this church in Corinth, which is why it's called the Corinthians, and he's writing a letter to them, and uh, after he got the church going, the church was doing well, kind of running on its own. He left to go do that in another city, and in the other city, uh, while he's doing that, he's away for too long. And some opportunistic people find uh, the uh, opportunity to get in and kind of steal some of Paul's sheep. Uh, and this is important for two reasons. One, uh, their teaching is not good. It's bad teaching. They're trying to tell them, they're trying to add things to the process of salvation that Jesus never intended uh, to be in that. And on top of that, they're trying to steal support from Paul because the Corinthian church was actually sending money to Paul. And Paul didn't really care about the money, um, but he was using the money to take care of the church in Jerusalem. And so uh, while Paul is uh, doing that, uh, he finds out uh, that these people are, are, uh, are there and they're stealing his people and they're stealing his money. Again, they don't really care. Uh, Paul doesn't really care uh, about the money, but he feels the need to defend himself. And so look at verse 12. Verse 12 says this, are we commending ourselves to you? No, we're really sincere about this, right? Can we put on verse 12 real quick? Are we commending ourselves to you? Verse 11, amen. No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us, amen. You know what, I just feel, can I just pray one more time? I just feel like there's something God wants to tell people. Could you bow your head, and this is weird, I've never done this before, but I feel like I just need to pray one more time. Let's pray. 
Father God, we love you and we thank you. There's nobody like you, Jesus. You are one of a kind. I am so grateful for who you are and so thankful for this message that you have, my God. You are speaking to people. You are using people. And uh, Lord, you have a plan uh, for, uh, for, for our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Um, amen. Amen. Um, I want to talk to people today who feel like uh, God uh, is, is speaking. Uh, into, man, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, babe. I just feel like God. I'm sorry. I know, I know there are people here for the first time. This is really weird, but, and I've never done this, but I just feel like God's per- I'm sorry, guys. Let's just bow our heads one more time. I know this is weird. I've never had this before happen in my life, but I feel like God just wants to say a message to somebody who's really struggling with the opinions of others. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 My God, nobody like you, Father. Nobody like you, Jesus. You're awesome. You're special. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're good. You're, you're glorious, God. I love you. God, I'm pausing, God, because I feel like your spirit has a message for somebody, Lord. And I don't know what it is. I know that you're real. I know that you touch people's lives. Um, I know that sometimes you would have us take pauses from things. I've never stopped a message midway to do this, and this is only our fourth week of being a church, so it probably doesn't look good on a lot of people who are in guests, God, but if you're real, and we know that you are, um, you can talk to people's hearts and talk to people's lives. And, and so take this moment to, um, to just do that, Lord. I love you. In your name we pray, amen. I'm sorry, guys. I, it wasn't that I lost my train of thought or anything. I just felt like a... But anyway, um, so anyway, so Paul is here, and he's talking uh, to the Corinthian church, and he's getting upset uh, he's getting upset because they don't believe in him anymore. He's getting upset because they're leaving him. And, uh, and he's starting to question himself. Uh, these false apostles are starting to question Paul. And they're doing that uh, by, uh, by challenging his motivations and his sanity. Because uh, uh, Paul was really like the spiritual father of this Corinthian church. And they knew that they wouldn't be able to steal any of his followers unless they discredited him. So they go on an all-out smear campaign right? They, they challenge his sanity and they challenge his uh, motivations. And how many people know that it's just a matter of time before the external uh, criticism of others becomes internal critique? How many people know I'm talking about that, right? It's only a matter of time before the external criticism becomes internal critique. And so Paul is writing this letter as a letter of defense for himself because he's starting to hear the words, Paul, why are you doing this? Paul, why are you doing this? And Paul is answering saying, yeah, why am I doing this? People throwing stones at me. People try to kill me. Uh, this don't pay no money. It doesn't pay good. And on top of that, the people who I've given so much to, they're not even loyal to me. So why am I even uh, going to do this? It, 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 makes, it makes no uh, sense. I might be crazy, but even if I am, it's okay. And that's where I want you to get this morning. I want you to be okay with the criticism of others and the doubts inside yourself. I want to teach you today not to just deflect criticism, because how many people know it's easy to deflect criticism, right? When people say, you're dumb, you say, no, you're dumb. 
And it's easy to accept criticism and say, oh, man, I'm dumb, and it's, and it's the worst thing. But listen, the opposition is trying to throw fire on your passion. It's trying to throw fire on your commitments. It's trying to throw fire on your dreams. But with the right tools and the right outlook, you can actually turn that water into gasoline. The things that the enemy is using to destroy your passion, to dissuade you, to get you to give up, you can actually use that to take you to a whole nother level. I'm talking to people today who, you, haven't, you made a decision, and it's not a bad decision, a good decision. You made a decision like you want to get married, but now the marriage is getting tough and you're thinking about going. You wanted to start a business, so you decided to start a business, but now things are getting tough and you're thinking about closing. Uh, you decided to have kids, and then you had kids, and now you're thinking about giving them back, and you can't. And, uh, and uh, you, you decided to stay home and leave your job and raise your kids, and, and now you're getting a lot of criticism for that because you should be helping out uh, in the home. You decided to go back to school and get a degree, uh, but you took your first essay, and you were like, heck no, I'm not doing that. That's not for me. I gave that up. Or uh, you decided to go back to church after years of trying, and you get here, and, and, and everything's good in the beginning, but as it continues to go on, all of a sudden, you start to falter because um, it just doesn't make sense. It's way too hard. There's not enough reason for you, for you to do it. I mean, you just messed up last week, and your husband is a jerk, and like you said, the, the test is hard, and, and there's no reason to do it. I want to talk to the person who made that kind of decision and I want to encourage you keep going block out the criticism ignore the doubts and keep moving some people here today are 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 are, are, are giving in to the, to the family the friends and the fears and all of them are voting on the future of your life but can I tell you that maybe your life should not be up for vote I'm so glad that the Bible is not a republic I'm so glad that people don't get to vote on the Bible because if they did, then that means every year I would have to reevaluate the promises that God had for me. But I don't have to do that because this isn't a democracy. It's called the kingdom of God. And I'm so grateful that it's called the kingdom of God because that means my life is in the hands of a good king who's looking out for me. And it's not up to the masses. And that is a good thing. That is a good thing. And I'm going to show you how that's a good thing. We're going to play a game right here uh, called, uh, called Call Me Crazy. Okay, or actually, we'll change the name. It's called Is That Crazy? I'm going to give you three hypothetical scenarios, and then you're going to vote on whether it's crazy or not crazy by a show of hands, if it's crazy or not crazy, all right? You ready? Hypothetical situation number one. You are 21 years old, 21 years old. Uh, you make $500 a month, full-time college student, a lot of work, a lot of bills, uh, but you meet a girl who's beautiful, and you want to marry her, but the only problem is you've only been dating for four months, um, and she don't have a job, and, uh, uh, and you, want, you want to get married, uh, and you make $500 a month. Crazy or not crazy? Raise your hand if that's crazy. Raise your hand if that's not crazy. Okay, for everybody who voted crazy, thank you. That was me. All right? Appreciate you. <laughs> Judging my life like that. Thank you. Um, uh, one more vote, one more vote, right? Hypothetical situation uh, number, I'll, I'll tell you the story later. Hypothetical situation number two, um, you are a business uh, school uh, uh, graduate. Uh, you actually finally started your business, just got your business, just own it. It's a laundromat. You just got it started, uh, and uh, it is great, and just started making money, um, but you get this job offer uh, to become the administrator of a youth ministry program. Uh, the only problem is it pays nothing, but the boss is cute, 
Do you leave your job, not sell it, just leave the business to take the job? Crazy or not crazy? Raise your hand if you think that's crazy. Raise your hand if you think that's not crazy. <laughs> Some ladies are like, if he's cute, he's cute. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, well, for all those who voted that it was crazy, thank you. That's Liz. <laughs> My wife, <laughs> you know, you don't know. I'll tell you the story later. All right, hypothetical situation number three, crazy or not crazy. You have a great job that pays good money, a house. You've got three kids between the ages of two and five years old, two and five years old, three kids between the ages of two and five years old. Uh, and, uh, and, and even because of the job, you even get to fly on a particular airline for free, wherever you want, for free. But you find out about this nonprofit that's starting, and you want to go help this nonprofit. The only problem is the nonprofit is on the other side of the country. You'd have to uproot your entire family, okay? You'd have to sell your home, and there is no guarantee that this nonprofit can ever give you a salary or ever pay you. That means for all the parents, that means no more grandparents babysitting or helping. Completely gone. Okay, crazy or not crazy? Raise your hands if you think that's crazy. Less hands are going down as we go because you're like, I think I know where you raise your hand if that's not crazy. I'll do that, totally do that. Yeah. Yeah, for all those who said crazy, meet Aaron. Where's Aaron? You're in the back. Look at that, raise your hand. He's going to be preaching two weeks from now. Aaron moved his family from Texas to Florida to start Journey Church. And, uh, and I told him when he, when he when I told him before he came here, I said, repeat after me, I will not get paid. I will not get paid. I don't know if I'll ever get paid. I don't know if I, all right, you can come. Okay. Uh, uh, but he did it. And here's my point. Okay, maybe you in that situation, that would have been a good thing for you to do. And, and maybe a different person in a different situation, that would have been the right thing for them to do or not. All, all I'm saying is if we didn't listen to you, you wouldn't be here right now. If we didn't listen to what you just said, we, Journey Church wouldn't be here right now. I'm thankful that some people took a chance. I'm thankful that some people blocked out the opinions and criticism of others. And to make my point solid one more time, I just want to show you a quick video. So let's cue this video, and then I'll give you my first point. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Watch this video. Way to David, historic vessels is the next category. What does the M stand for in RMS Titanic, the full name of the historic ship that sank in 1912? Military, monarch, male, medical. Well, I would like to ask the audience on this one, please. All right, audience, David needs your help. On your keypads, vote now. Here is point number one. You need to write this down in your notes. Sometimes everybody is wrong. Sometimes everybody is wrong. You see, because that's the problem. Oftentimes we are so caring about what everybody is thinking, like if everybody has the right answer. 
We always want to know, what's everybody doing? Where's everybody going? What's everybody saying about life and about God and about me? But here's the question you need to ask, answer before any of all those other questions. Who's everybody and why do you care? Who is everybody? I got to be careful with that as a pastor because there's always people that come to church and check us out for the first time and they don't like the sound and they don't like the music and they don't have the lights. And when they come up to me, they're always like, hey, everybody has a problem with the sound. I remember one time as a youth pastor, we did this thing. It was a haunted house in church. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. We saw people come and uh, give their lives to Jesus. What we did was we put up real scenes that were scary, but they were like real life scenes. So instead of showing like Freddy Krueger, we just show like somebody like thrown up in a bathtub like after a crazy night at the club. And we're like, that's crazy. That's scary. Don't do that. And anyway, it was, it was fun. A lot of people got saved. And, but I remember getting a lot of opposition and there was one guy that came up to me. And he said, hey, Pastor JJ, I want to let you know um, everybody has a problem with this haunted house. Church is not a place for the devil. And I was like, man, everybody? He said, everybody. I was depressed. I went home. Liz was in bed. I said, babe, you know this haunted house you've been spending months at work on? She goes, yeah. I go, nobody likes it. Everybody thinks it's a terrible idea. Everybody thinks we're wrong. My wife asked me a great question, a question I never even thought to ask. She said, really? Who's everybody? I said, everybody, everybody. She said, yeah, but, 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 but what everybody? I said, I don't know, babe, everybody. She said, okay, well, let's tackle this out. Um, does the pastor like the idea? I said, yeah, the pastor loves the idea. She said, okay, what about your leaders? Do they love the idea? She said, I said, yeah, yeah, my leaders love the idea. She said, so, so then who's everybody? And I was like, I don't know. And so I went and I did my research. And you know what I found out? Who everybody was? Four people. Four people were everybody. And not only were they four people. Listen, they were the four people who never tithe, the four people who never come, the four people who never get involved, the four people who never serve on a team. Listen to me. I'm not trying to tell you that the opinions of somebody don't count. I'm just trying to tell you that the opinions of everybody is worthless. And so you got to be careful before you start to, when you hear one negative thing come into your life, all of a sudden you project that on everybody. Because sometimes we think everybody's against us and everybody don't like us and everybody thinks we're a failure. But if you have that outlook, then you're going to get mad at everybody. You've seen those people. You wake up in the morning, good morning. They're like, die. <laughs> and they're like, I just, just wanted to just, uh, those are the people that you're in, you're, you're in line, you're in the, like the green light turns green, and before it even is like a second, the person behind you is, and you're like, I'm green, I'm going, that's what I do, in the green I go, and I'm going. You know why they're mad at you? Because you're everybody. You got to be careful not to buy into the lie that everybody is against you, because if you do, then you're going to be against and upset and angry against everybody. 
And it's not everybody, it's somebody. And so be careful, all right? Now, I'm not going to give a disclaimer here because what I don't want you to do is just block out counsel altogether because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and in Proverbs chapter 15 that in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom, right? And so it's good to get good people around you to speak into your life. But you got to make sure you got the right people, okay? Because the wrong people will destroy you, but the right people can actually build you and keep you and keep you moving. And so before uh, uh, you leave here, I want to make sure I can give you some qualifications for the right people that you need to be let speaking into your life and the bad people that you need to keep out, okay? First thing is, the way we do youth ministry here at the church is, you know, we, we don't have like a middle school service. Like we, we welcome our middle schoolers in our experience because we believe that uh, the way we do our, our worship experience can, can minister to them. And so I got to give my first disclaimer because I know that there are teenagers in the room. Here's what I'm not talking about, your parents. <laughs> just in case, just, I want you to know your parents are not everybody, okay? Their word is scripture, Okay? They are not mom and dad. They are God, all right? You don't get to debate with the, but pastor said, you just did everybody. I will slap the, I mean, just, I mean, if that's not the way you parent, I don't parent like that either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So just for that, for everybody else who's not a teenager, uh, and even for those who are, let me give you three, it's something I call the test. Okay, it's the test. So I want you to take some notes on this. This is the test, because we don't have slides for this part. But this is the test for who you need to be let speaking into your life and who you need to just ignore 100% completely. Here's the test. Here's the, it's a three-question test. First question is, have they invested in you? If the answer to that question, how they, have they invested in you, is no, then you don't need to care a bit of what they say about your life. Why? Because I wouldn't trust something with someone who hasn't paid for that thing that I'm trusting them with. For example, uh, God bless my parents. They got me a Mitsubishi Lancer 2004 back when I was in high school, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. It was brand new. I loved it. It was great. Um, Within two months of having that Mitsubishi Lancer, I ran into a parked car, a tree, and a gas station. (laughs) Within two months, it was a wreck. When I went to get my new car and I traded in my old car, the guy wouldn't even trade me. Like, that's not how it's supposed to work. There's supposed to be like a value just on the fact that it's metal. But the guy wouldn't even take it. He's like, no, this I can't. This is not, no. But compare that with the brand new car I bought two years ago. Ford Fusion, leather interior, Bluetooth. That was amazing. I I had like a cassette for the longest time. You mean I could play music from my phone? <laughs> we get, my wife and I go to the dealership to pick it up. My wife gets in the car with me. We go into the house. We get out the car. She goes into the kitchen and she leaves her makeup bag on my leather chair of my brand new car. And I waited like 20 minutes in my car to see if she would come and get, because you know, makeup, the sun, heat, Florida, it's going to mess up the leather. 20 minutes, she don't come in. She just left it there. I walk into the house and almost filed for divorce, guys. I grab the makeup and I'm like, how dare you? I just bought this car. It's a brand new car. You know how to take care of things? No, she told me. She goes, well, you just never took care of your old car, so I just figured. And I said, well, that's different. I said, I paid for that car. I'm going to take care of that car. What's the point I'm trying to make? People take care of the things that they invest in. 
And so nobody's going to care about your heart if they haven't invested in your heart. So before you ask them your opinion, ask them this. Do you pray for me? Do you pick up the phone when I call? How come it took you three days to answer back to my text? I know you saw it. The bubbles popped up. Don't even talk about you just turned your phone on, okay? Red. Uh Uh-huh. I saw it. Yeah. Hey, hey, when, when I need somebody to talk to, are you there to listen or are you just talking about your problems? When I was sick, did you come visit? No, 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 then no thank you to your opinion. If you don't invest in me, I don't really care for what you have to say. Now, that's the reason why Paul was so hurt, though. Paul was hurt when the Corinthians wrote to him because the Corinthians had invested in him. They had given him money to do his ministry. And so we have to add another level of qualification. We just can't leave it at investment. And so the second level of qualification, here's the second test, second question you got to answer. First is, have they invested in me? Second is, do they know your story? Do they know your story? You just can't give access to your heart to everybody who gives you money or who gives you time. You're not the stock market. People shouldn't give to you and expect a return on their investment. That's not what this is about. So you shouldn't just have to open your doors after that. But listen, if they don't know your story, then they don't have enough details to give you advice. Why? Because everything seems crazy out of context. I'll tell you that me and my wife got married after four months of dating, and you're like, what? Somebody was thirsty, (laughs) but he was desperate to get married. Yes, but that's not why (laughs) I'm married. Let me give you some context, okay? First off, her, her, her sister was my pastor. I had known the family for years. We had known each other, like getting to know each other for six months before I even asked her out. So even though we had been dating for four, it had almost been a year of getting to know her. And we had waited six months before I even held her hand. People today, teenagers especially, my God, they meet you on Tuesday, make out with you on Friday. We took time to get to know each other. We would pray every Friday night at my house. We would pray. I'll tell you that we got married and I was making $500 a month but what you, and going to school. But what you need to know is on top of that, all of our food Monday through Friday was being covered by the ministry that we were working for. So we didn't have to pay for food. And yeah, we were both students in school, but we both had full ride college scholarships. And so we didn't have to pay for all that. Oh, it makes sense now, right? That you know the context, that you know the story. In the same way, you shouldn't have to stand for the opinions or criticisms of others if they don't know what you've been through, if they don't know where you've come from, if they don't know the giants that you've slayed, if they don't know your past, if they don't know your history, if they don't know your hurts, if they don't know your parents, if they don't know your culture, if they don't know your background. Find out my story first, and then I can maybe give you access to my heart. I have one pastor. Pastors are funny. I love pastors, by the way. We're all really great friends. People think pastors don't get along. We get along great with, with the pastors that love Jesus. We love those guys. <laughs> I had one pastor come up to me around launch day. You know, we had a real successful launch day. He goes, man, I, I love what God's doing at Journey Church. I said, thank you. He was setting me up. He got, got me to knock me down. He said, I love what God's doing at Journey Church. He goes, you know, I wanted to start a church too. He said, but, uh, but I couldn't because, uh, you know, we didn't have the, the people or the, or the talent or the, he goes, and he said this, he says, you guys just got lucky. You got the right time with the right people. And I, and I, and I wanted to get hurt. And I wanted to like, I don't know. I don't just, I, I, I just, I was off. I just, and I, and I stopped. But then I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say because, you know, you weren't with me and Eddie and Alyssa Perez at 3 a.m. trying to figure out how to put on a website when nobody even knew Journey Church was existing. 
You weren't with me and, and, and Charlie uh, at my house recording a video that we were hoping somebody might ever see. You weren't with me and John and, and Denise and printing stuff out at, at my house off of a little printer, invite cards. You weren't with me and my sister Vicky when she was outside and the free coffee sign at the coffee house, getting strangers to walk inside, offering them coffee, but then really telling them about Jesus. And you, you weren't there from the beginning, and since you weren't there from the beginning, and you don't know what we've been through, to get to this point, your opinion just doesn't mean that much to me. I need to know that you know my pain, that you know my trial before I give you access to my heart. But that's also the reason why Paul was so hurt, because the Corinthians also knew Paul's story. Paul spent a year and a half planning that church. And so we got to add a third qualification. And here's the third qualification. Ready? Here's the test. First is, have they invested in me? If yes, check. On to the next question. If no, stop right there. Second question, do they know my story? If so, check. Yes. On to the third question. If not, ends right there. But here's the third question, and it's the one that trumps all others. What does God say? Because if someone tells you something that goes contrary to what God told you, at that point, you gotta, you got to shut them out. Amen. At that point, you got to close the door. I love what Paul said in verse 14. He says, either way, I love the way he worded that, either way, Christ's love controls me. Am I crazy? Am I not crazy? I don't know. Your criticism, you're calling me crazy. Now I'm starting to doubt myself. I might actually be crazy. And then he says this, but either way, crazy or not crazy, either way, Christ's love controls me. You know that word control, it means moves me. Think of like a video game when you grab a controller and you move somebody. What he's saying is either way, you know what? Your opinions don't move me. Your opinions don't tell me where to go. Either way, my, what moves me and what keeps me going is the, is the spoken word of God. God's word over my life. That's what moves me. That's what keeps me going, which is my last point. Don't talk yourself out of what God talked you into. Don't talk yourself out of what God talked you into. Anybody ever talk themselves out of a good idea? Yeah, like going to the gym. <laughs> you go to sleep the night before and you're like, tomorrow is the day. Yeah, I'm going to get some bench pressing in, work out on pectoralis muscles. I'm going to get some glute workout. It's going to be great. I'm going to enjoy this. It's going to be good. Tomorrow is the day. And you decide you're going to go after work. And then when after work comes, see, here's the problem. It's easy to quit and it's easy to abandon and it's easy to leave because the reasons for not doing something great are always more than the reasons for doing something great. Did you know that? Look at the example. And so, and so, the, so 3 o'clock comes around or 5 o'clock comes around or 6 o'clock is gym time and you're on your couch. You're looking at your watch thinking, all right, well, if I'm going to go, I got to go now. And, 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 then the, and then the reasons the reasons for going pops up real quick. I got to go because working out makes me healthy. And that's where the argument stops. <laughs> that's all you got. Health. But then right after health comes the waterfall of reasons for why you shouldn't go work out. <laughs> but I'm tired. 
and my kids haven't seen me. Now you care about your kids, right? You don't care about your kids while you're watching the football game. You don't care about your kids before you're going to the gym. I'm sorry to make you feel like that, but you know what? Here's another reason. I could just go tomorrow. I could just go on Friday. I could just go, right? The reasons for not doing it outweigh the reasons for doing it. You only got one reason to do it. You got 13 reasons to not do it, and we give in to that. Or how many people have ever set your alarm clock? This is me. Are you ready? I'm a pastor. I'm about to confess right now. But you got to promise me that you're still going to come back next week, even if you no longer respect me, okay? Because this is me just being transparent with you, all right? How many people have ever set their alarm clocks to 6 a.m. in the morning to get up to pray? And then it goes off. And you got one reason for getting up or 15 reasons for staying in bed. The one reason is, I'm going to spend time with God. But then right after that reason, well, you know what? God's not going anywhere. And then you even throw Bible verses. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm, tomorrow. Amen, Lord. Tomorrow. I can feel it. God, you know what I'll do? This is what I'll do. The reasons. I'm real tired. And if I'm cranky, then I won't be able to love my neighbor. God cares about me loving my neighbor, right? So I got to make sure I'm not cranky and I'm loving my neighbor. So I got to work on this. You know what? I'm just going to put it off. And, and then we don't do it. And we don't do it. And it makes sense, right? That's the problem. When people call you crazy and the criticisms come and the doubt sinking, the problem is that it actually makes sense. Why? Why do it? Right in the middle of a fight with your spouse, why stay? There's one reason why you should stay, because I, I made a promise 20 years ago, but here are all the reasons why I got to go. In the middle of your depression, when it hits you real hard, why even be alive anymore? Why not just take my life? One reason maybe why you should stay, my family, but then a 30, 40 reasons why you should just end it tonight. Why? Why keep going when it no longer makes sense? I'd have to be crazy to keep going. But maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the number of the reasons, but the, maybe it's not the number of the bad reasons for why you need to quit that needs to sway you. Maybe it's the one good I need, I need some help uh, real quick. I want to do an illustration uh, to help me prove this point to you. Um, can I get one person who's, who's good at counting, good at math, to come up and help me on stage real quick? Uh, just one person, anybody, uh, quickly. Uh, if not, I'm just going to grab you. Yes, come on up, Aaron. Aaron, I appreciate you. Uh, come on up real quick. Um, hey, Aaron, we're going to play a little game. You're going to help me make my point uh, today, okay? You can help me with my points. I want you to look that way. I want you to stick both hands out like this, like this. Yeah. I'm going to put, this is what I'm going to do, okay? Because here's the problem. I want to make a point. And the point I want to make is that sometimes um, it makes sense to not keep going. It makes sense to quit. That You'd have to be crazy to quit because there's so many reasons. And so we have to swear I'll talk ourselves. You know, uh, you shouldn't do this because of this, 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 and that. And so I'm going to do a game with you, okay? Um, I'm going to put a certain amount of money in each hand. But you can't keep both you can only keep one. Uh, you tell me which one uh, you want to keep. Okay? All right. 
Are you ready? Okay. These are all quarters. Awesome. You might not have big enough hands, so you're going <laughs> to curl that thing up right there. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20 quarters. That's a lot of quarters. That's a lot of money. You can keep that. Or $20 bill. Okay. Your choice. 20 quarters or a $20 bill. The clock is ticking. You want the 20 quarters? Why do you want 20 quarters? <laughs> you only get to keep one. Why would you keep 20 quarters? You could break that and share it with everybody. Don't. You don't want the 20 quarters. Because you don't want the 20 quarters. You know you don't want it. Don't mess up my illustration. You know what you want. Say what you want. No. Say the $20. $20. Thank you. Smart messed up my illustration. You don't want the 20 quarters. There's like, how many quarters are in that? Yeah. So smart now, right? Yeah. I don't know either. A lot. Keep it out. Keep it out. Keep it out. $20 or the 20 quarters? $20. All right. Why? Why? Yeah. It's more money. It's worth more money? Yeah. But there's 20 quarters. But there's just one $20 bill. But you'll still go with the $20 bill. Because the $20 bill is worth more. The one twenty dollar is worth more than 20 quarters. Look at this verse I found in the book of Psalms. I love it. Psalms 119. The law from your mouth, that's the scripture, the Bible, the word of God, is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. When I read that, here's what God whispered in my soul. Can you throw it up real quick? Your doubts will always outnumber your truth, but your truth will always outweigh your doubts. You might have 20 reasons why you need to quit. 20 reasons why you need to leave your family. 20 reasons why you need to get divorced. 20 reasons why you need to give up on your dream. 20 reasons why you need to stop coming to church and give up on God. And things have been hard and you've been struggling. You might have 20 reasons to give up and only one reason to stay. But what if that one reason to stay is worth more than the 20 reasons to give up? Why? Because God said so. I mean, think about it. Think about Paul. That's okay. Leave it. That's fine. Think about Paul. Paul is in. He's about to write this letter. He goes, man, you know what? These people don't even love me. Nobody cares about me. Every time I walk the streets, they throw stones at me. The Gentiles don't like me. The Jews don't like me. Nobody likes me. 
And the people who I, I put my life into, now they turn their back on me too. I quit. I give up. All the reasons not to, but are you ready? Why keep going? Because God says so. I think of Moses. I think of Moses right before he, he's going to take all the people uh, across the Red Sea. You've seen that, the Ten Commandments. Moses goes to deliver all these people. And he goes, God tells him, Moses, I want you to rescue all these people from Egypt. Yeah, but I stutter. And I'm a fugitive. And there's millions of them and one of me. And I'm 80 years old. And I got no friends. I'm a shepherd. I, I, I got no power. I got no skills. Why should I go? Because God said so. I think of Jesus the night before he's supposed to carry the cross for your sins and mine. But this is going to hurt. And, and I'm dying for the sins of the world, but three quarters of them aren't even going to believe I came. The other ones are going to believe I came, but they're not even going to follow me completely. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to get nails in my hand, a crown of thorns in my head, a spear in my side. All the disciples are going to leave me. Why do it? Yet not my will, but yours be done. Because God said so. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you see it like this, you'd be crazy not to keep going. You'd be crazy not to follow what God put in your heart. You'd be crazy not to chase your dream down and catch it. You'd be crazy not to stay in that marriage. You'd be crazy not to come back to God. Listen, I know that the opinions of people is important, okay? Yeah, what people say, it, it matters a little bit. And, and even your own doubts, yeah, that matters a little bit. And, and I get it. And, and that's all important. But hey, why not, instead of looking, because sometimes when we get in the middle of a decision, we're always looking for a voice. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me where I need to go. Can I tell you something? Maybe it's time to stop looking for a voice and start looking for a verse. And let the word of God guide you and steer you and control you and move you. And I might be crazy. And I don't know if I even believe everything that's going on, but here's what I know. This is what God said. And so I'm going to build my life on what God said because it might not be a lot of reasons, but this one reason weighs more than all those other reasons combined. And so you'd be crazy to think that God has more for your life after all the great stuff he's already given you. You've got a home, you've got kids, you've got a family. What more is there to want? Yeah, but Ephesians 3.20 says, more than you can ask, think, or imagine are the things I have for you. You, you, might, you might be outnumbered by the reasons, all the reasons why you should take your life and end, just end tonight. Yeah, but Jeremiah 29, 13 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. Things are going to get bright, and they're going to get bright real soon. You might be crazy. You might think you're crazy with all the reasons to not come to church anymore. You're not perfect. You make mistakes. Just yesterday you did something 
crazy, and now you're coming here lifting up your hands, singing songs. What are you, what are you crazy? Where, where's your guilt? Where's your responsibility? Where's your conscience? You should not be here. Yeah, but Romans chapter 5 says, while we were still sinners and enemies of God, Christ died for us and loved us and gave us a hope and a future. Put away the voices and open up the verses. Let God guide you and steer you and block out all the criticism, all the opinions, and all the doubts living on the inside. Give it up so that God can take you to where he wants to take you. Thank you, Erin. You really can't keep this money. You have to give it all back. But thank you. Call me crazy. Hey, if believing that God has a plan for my life is crazy, call me crazy. If chasing my dream is crazy, call me crazy. If wanting everything that God has for me is crazy, call me crazy. If waiting to get married till I find the right person because that's what the Bible tells me to do, if waiting to get married to have sex is crazy because that's what the Bible, you know what? Call me crazy. I'm just choosing to live my life by what God said. And if crazy or not crazy, I don't know, but Christ's love controls me. Move me, Lord, the way you'd have for me. And that's really what I want to end you with. It doesn't matter what people think and it doesn't even matter what you doubt. All that matters is who Christ is. Put your trust in him. Put your confidence in him and let him guide you and steer you every day of your life. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.